0: There. But it's just airplanes, so it's not. It's it not really. Noise. This is this is the best seat in the house. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I thought this was going to be uh, this was going to be the perfect opener item for the podcast. This is going to be just awesome. All right, um, but then who put this on the list? Jeb, Jeb put this. On. <laughs> <laughs> what,
1: wait, 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 wait! You say that like the, like.
0: That implies something. Jeb, put this on the list, okay? Uh, a man, a <coughs> uh, <men>, excuse me, <coughs> men detained for allegedly flying pantless in a Cessna 152. This is a story that's right up our alley. Jeb, did you actually watch the video that was associated with this? No, story? I did. I did not. You did not. Okay, I, Jeb, I did not. David, by any chance, did you watch the video? Well, I'm looking at it, and all I'm seeing is somebody singing. Yeah, D- Jeb, go ahead. Watch the video. We'll take a second right here. Jeb, watch the video. Oh. <laughs> I watched it this morning for the first time. I, uh, I didn't click on the video. Uh, 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 listeners, uh, UCAP has just been Rickrolled. Yes. Uh, was such a perfect story. Uh, uh, by the way, the, the, it is a
1: perfect story. Now, now, uh, of course, it, it's difficult to determine exactly why they might have been arrested or, or detained.
0: Well, I don't think it's a real story. Look at this. No, no, of the course, site. it's not. Of course, it's not. Never mind the story. But, but I, the hint, the, the tip-off here should have been that this is from this satire site that uh, we discovered a couple months ago, or, right? Um, that had the uh, Meigs story, and uh, um, and now it has men detained for allegedly flying. It was awesome too because the guy had a great story. It was like it was it was,
1: it was it was well done. Yeah. I mean, you know.
0: it was a weight and balance issue. You had to you know the pants. Also, 152s are a little challenge. To get into and uh losing the friction of the pan. Okay, anyways. Uh, I'm being cheated here. All I
2: got was this r- mix of Rick Ashley, never gonna give you up video. never saw <laughs> anything. Pantless. that's all it is that's david. all
0: there that's all there is david yeah. <laughs> we've been rickrolled david are you not familiar with being a rickroll is this the first time you've ever are you a rickroll virgin david i guess i am whoa and, 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 and please webster rip roll for me yeah oh, okay uh yeah okay well i'll let you We'll leave this as a as a uh, as an assignment for for higdon and other listeners who are not familiar with the concept of being there's, there's probably a, a whole generation yeah. of
1: internet users who aren't familiar with being
0: retro. You think it's faded and maybe now it's making a comeback? I
1: don't know. <laughs> well, I,
0: I will say that that uh, the
1: artist was interviewed recently on I think NPR's Q. Okay. As 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 having released a new album and and you know maybe a, uh, some road dates. I I you know, I, I lost interest at that point, but
2: Say, Jeff, okay. you just faded off into almost inaudible. I'm hearing him still, David. Are you
0: uh, just keep going, Jeb.
1: Okay. Um, so, I mean, we got that
0: going on. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, so enough of being rickrolled. Um, and uh, but
1: I, you know, I was wondering, you know, were they detained for just flying a Cessna 152
0: to begin with? Oh, now, now, now. All right, that's this. Um, but but there is a there is a music a, a, a related story that we can talk about here um, during our little cold <laughs> open. Um, <laughs> and (laughs) um, I hadn't so this is a thing apparently that I wasn't did did AOPA put together a playlist of of aviation related songs or something like that Uh, apparently yeah so this is from AOPA.org pilots share favorite songs for aviation playlist Um, but then aviators (laughs) and people well I I guess not unexpectedly people weren't weren't loving all the choices here Um, so we got a bunch of songs here um Freshen Up Your Aviation Playlist. Well, let's,
1: let's back up. Where's the original list?
0: I don't know. Let's see if we can find it here. Um, is it uh, Freshen Up Your Aviation? I'm not finding a link in this story. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, it's, a, it's on Cirrus. It oh, must it's be serious. a playlist on Cirrus uh, XM. Maybe uh, let's, let's, is what's going on
1: here. Let's click this link. Uh, no, that's not uh, what I want to do. Okay, that that would make some sense. Yeah, don't, a- I don't have Sirius AOPA so. channel.
0: Yeah, um, AOPA has a channel on Sirius X- XM. Is that true? Why do we not have a channel on Sirius XM? That's what I want to know.
1: Well, we're not, you know, one of the world's leading um, aviation trade associations.
0: We, I'm sorry, we are one of the world's leading something fill in the blank. So I don't know. Um, treetop Flyer Stephen Stills. Yeah. I I just, so just, now, these are the good songs or the bad? These songs? are the ones that apparently just got added. Now there is a link on that
1: page. It's the um, oh sample
0: uh, forty six additional. Right. Uh, yes. What does that one take me to? Oh, so I missed one that I was. Uh, expecting. Oh yeah.
1: Click the aopa.org slash SiriusXM link or uh, right click. I,
0: think I it. did, and that took me to a. Sirius XM page. I mean okay. A O P A page that talks right. about Sir. Oh wait oh yeah I didn't scroll down far enough. All right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyways. Oh there we are. Additional shout outs. Huh. So what do we think about this list of songs here? Let's see now. This appears to be like the original. So we've got Early Morning Rain by Elvis Presley, Jet from from uh Band on the Run, Paul McCartney, Dragon.
1: Leaving on a Jet Plane? I mean that's not on the list.
0: Uh well, I mean, I guess that's the point of the follow-up story. Somewhere yeah, in the sky, so. watching airplanes, sky full of stars, flying back in the USSR. A great song, but other than having jet sounds in it, I'm not sure how aviation is. The Aviators, uh, That's All Right, Mama. That appears to be the original list. And then the yeah. the updated list, Treetop Flyers, Expecting to Fly, Last Train to Kitty Hawk, 10,000 Feet, uh, We Can Fly by the sills, which, okay... Yeah. I loved the All right, I was a cowsill when I i was much younger I was, I was a kid but right? I liked the cowsills I guess it didn't hurt that there were a, a couple of attractive young women involved but uh, well, let's um, see
2: they got Tom Petty's learning to fly I'm looking for Pink Floyd
0: yeah Pink Floyd uh, mm-hmm. that was a great tune now if one were to go way back in time, make that uh, what's the uh what's the uh, uh uh Wayne's world going back in time? To go back in time. If you go back to the earliest days <laughs> of this podcast <laughs>
1: That's gonna make the greatest hit.
0: Definitely that's gonna <laughs> make if you were a to go back to the earliest days of this podcast. Oh, see the problem is that the show notes are kind of broken back. In the early days, in the first year or so of this podcast, I used to um and the entire recording, the entire audio file. The last thing you'd hear, even after the theme music, was some sort of little piece of music that was somehow related to aviation or to the episode or whatnot. And so, there's a playlist right there. We, I'm going to need to go back and compile a playlist based on the music that okay. we used in the early days of the podcast.
2: Um, well, it's, it's some of these, you know, they've got the yeah. word "fly" or. Jet or something like that. The rest of the lyrics don't have a bloody thing to do with flying. <laughs> a Frank Sinatra "Fly Me to the Moon." Yeah, there you go. Uh, mm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. We used things like uh, 707. The uh, what was his name? Roger. Roger. What was his name? Roger. Country guy. Um. um anyways. Um. 707. Oh, yeah, Boeing 707. Been. We did. Uh. uh, uh uh, uh, the the jet song from uh, from West Side Story we did I forget them all now um, and and sadly Sharks now, versus Jet now never, uh, never mind uh, 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 when you're a jet you're a jet till the we something like that that's anyway. yeah I don't think that makes the play <laughs> yeah
2: okay Pink Floyd Pink Floyd and and uh, uh, Tom Petty songs both have the same title they could not be more different that's right but I don't see uh, John Denver's Most famous song on here. Uh Leaving leaving on a jet plane that was made famous by uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Right. Yeah.
0: He wrote that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe you. I'm trying to, I'm sorry. I'm digging here for the data that will show me. Now, Al Stewart, Emmelman
2: Turn. Now, I had some Al Stewart albums, or I still do,
0: but I don't remember that song at all. All right, let's see if I can find it here. Where are we going here? All right, so we got this.
2: Immelman Turn, it's called. <laughs> and he's walking out to a biplane at the opening of the video.
1: Oh, Pink Floyd Money. Um, High-fidelity, first-class traveling section. I think I need a Learjet. Yeah, okay.
0: All right, well, this information is not jumping out at me here. I'm going to have to do some research and compile the UCAP playlist which would the be the songs, official UCAP playlist? The official UCAP playlist, which is the songs that I arbitrarily and all on my own chose to be a little tag at the end of every episode back in those early days until I became frightened that we were going to get sued by copyright. So,
1: since it's arbitrary and you are the arbiter, so, yes. so to speak, how can it be the official? UCAP playlist when David and I don't have no input
0: into it. I control the horizontal and I control the vertical, is pretty much my answer for all these kinds of things. In other words, I should just go pound sand. <laughs> T- talk to the hand. Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, Jack Hodgson's general aviation podcast. <laughs> I'm here with the two guys that I couldn't do this without. Send, send him all the complaint mail, by the way. That's <laughs> yes, right. I'm here with my two good friends who, uh, for, for, uh, without whom there would never have been a podcast. Uh, first of all, Jeb, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, that's Jeb Burnside. I'm scrambling now to, to kind of like win back your... your uh, your your love <laughs> so. laugh it up fuzzball <laughs> hi jeb how are you doing this morning i'm spiffy i'm spiffy yeah. Yeah. it's like uh you know it's 100 it degrees down there already right no it's now, 80 something it's it's
1: uh, it, it's funny i yeah. uh, um, had the air conditioning on a couple of days ago in really yeah it was, it was just to knock down the humidity. It was probably seventy-eight, eighty in the house without uh-huh. it, and and it, that gets kind of sticky when it's humid. So I, you know, knocked it down a little bit. Last night I slept with the with the windows open, the door open, yeah, um, no issues. Um, but I'm going to pr- probably have to turn it on again. Well, I don't know. It, it depends. It's just been very humid down here, right? And today it's looking like maybe uh, some of the humidity's blown out. It's hard to say. We okay. got some we got some breeze going on, so maybe that's what's going on.
0: Right, right. Yeah, because I was down. I was in Orlando a couple weeks ago. Um, and yeah, it was warmer because I, I was in Orlando a couple of weeks ago and then I was also in Orlando a month before that. And the difference was night and day. I mean, January in Orlando, it was like, I almost thought it was cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I get Let alone the uh, locals. Um, but then when I was back in late March, wait a minute, late February, early March, um, it was much nicer, much yeah. what we would, you would like Florida to be in the uh, in the uh, winter time. So I shouldn't
1: say this because people will like you know attack me.
0: Yeah, for it, but I've only had to run the heat down here
1: maybe a couple of nights
0: this nope. winter. Yeah. No, you can say I in California I hardly ever turned on the heat all year round in yeah. California. So I understand completely. Yeah. Yeah, no question. But uh, speaking of turning on the heat, um, my other good friend, without whom I could not have done this podcast, is from the air capital of the world, uh, which is going to be blown away apparently at any moment. Uh, Now now he's sucking up to us. Wichita, Kansas.
2: David Higdon. How you doing, David? What's going on with you? Uh, I'm just a tongue-tied and twisted, earthbound (laughs) misfit (laughs) eye. Okay, I can't,
0: yeah, I was going to draw the image of you taking um, Charlotte for a walk and 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 holding her she was like a kite on the end of the uh of the uh, uh leash um it's been pretty windy out there in the midwest and uh oh yeah it's much calmer
2: today the winds are below 10 right now and uh, uh it was much it was much more blustery yesterday and temperature was in the high 60s uh, It was just a lovely day except for having to lean south any time you walk
0: <laughs> okay um uh, yeah it's uh yeah it's turning nice up here. Um, it's going to get not sixty, but it's going to get into almost. It's going to get basically to fifty for the next three days here, which is a real treat for us here in New Hampshire, um, well, in mid March. So, getting out to do errands yesterday, I, I, I had an inspiration on what could be a new
2: game to play on the street with your car. Yeah, on windy days. Dodge the trash dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we were talking about this before we pushed record that uh, there's a bunch of news stories. I saw a, uh, a video of 18 uh, tr- wheeler trucks getting literally just blown over. I mean, like, they weren't doing anything dramatic, making turns. They're just driving straight down the interstate. And because the wind was a direct crosswind and very high, um, they were literally just getting blown over sideways by the wind. This is. Uh, you know, hearing uh, a lot of uh, stories from the, like the guys with Colorado. the biggest, the guys with the
2: biggest fight were the ones with either no load or light loads on a mm-hmm. box trailer. I would uh, imagine, yeah, yeah, so. and, the, and you don't see flatbeds get blown over unless they got a really tall
0: load strapped to them. Uh, it's it's the box trailers that really suffer, right? That and like you say, as you say, the one the one it's probably has a weight issue too. If they're heavily loaded, they're probably a little bit better off, but. Uh, but it would have been a tough day to try to figure out when to taxi out
2: from between the hangars to get on the runway. Because Tell me about it. Wow. It was uh, so strong and so unpredictable when the gusts would come through. Uh, tree limbs down and, and junk like that. And and I saw almost no light traffic yesterday uh, coming out of uh, uh, Eisenhower, the old mid-continent. And, and usually I see a lot of production flight test and... People going out in the evening now that it's staying light until after seven, and
0: then. uh-huh not yesterday, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, spring into uh, winter, into spring, into summer. It's uh, it's an it's a brave new world as far as weather concerned. Yeah, um, Jeb, I think maybe could you move the microphone a little bit further away? Um, I'm hearing that? heavy breathing from time to time, if you could just oh, that's it. just because some other tabs I have open. Yes. Okay, because you guys are never paying. See, now I'm going to leave this in. I was going to edit that <laughs> a little bit out, but now I'm going to leave it in. Uh, what's <clears> going on in the world of aviation? Uh, follow-ups. Here we go. Okay. follow uh, rhombo hexo shield here we go this is a l- yeah, i'm staying out of this one no well no, this is just what we asked we asked okay, okay, and okay. listeners helped us out mm-hmm. here all right uh got a uh what was this an, i think was this, this was an email maybe um but i uh, got a message uh from listener john r um who wrote uh rhombus uh a th- he said think a two-dimensional diamond he said um a square is a special rhombus Uh, Four equal length sides, opposing angles are also, excuse me, equal. And then he writes, 12 of these connected make a rhombic dodecahedron. Ooh, there we go. Um, Dodeca means 12. Uh, Hexoshield, he says, is just a trade name, so that's not really anything geometric. All right. right. Um, Rhombic dodecahedrons nest without gaps so that the balls, uh, without the gaps that the balls would naturally, that balls would, I mean, if you stop and think about it, if you floated a bunch of spheres on up the top of a, a pond or a pool or whatever, there would be openings in between, you know, the spheres, right? Because there'd be gaps. But if you have a, a, a rhombic dodecahedron, they will float and nest together so that there will be no openings, no gaps.
1: Well, you know, that's, that's outstanding. I'm happy to know that, and I want to thank John. Uh, for strutting us straight I just want to also point out boys and girls and all of those listening at home this is what happens when you take wood shop and not geometry <laughs> no,
0: well it's both right you know it's like it's like uh, uh, the, the the meshing of two uh, two worlds or well, whatever I understand you know? but, yeah. yeah so
1: I just, um, we I just feel inadequate sometimes yeah
0: you know? So, anyways, thank you to uh, listener John R for uh, for filling us in there, and uh, and our hats are off to all the dodecahedrons of the world. That's, sure, whatever you say, David. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned before, this is one of those stories that's not going to go away—at least not quickly. Um, listener, um, um, Nick, uh, listener Nick, listener um, Nick, um, sent through Twitter. A Twitter direct message, actually, and I think I copied it to you guys. Um, he said, uh, uh, "Hi Jack, listening to 468. Um, apologies if this hasn't already been cleared up. Pfft, doesn't make any difference, Nick. I would have talked about it anyways. Um, <laughs> we got we was, have
1: something to fill this space.
0: Was no, we actually have a big story to talk about in a minute. Let's see if we can get this over with. Um, there was a reference to a Super Bowl drone show. Um, Nick says." quote as long as the roof was closed the FAA has no jurisdiction whatsoever on UAS flights he then goes on to say the insurance company on the hand well, that has a lot to say <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah yeah
0: so um so you want to uh, do what where yeah, with yeah, right. what well that's what the FAA Over would who? say too but uh yeah so uh, but anyway so uh, Nick is basically backing up what I said so that's why I, I put it on the list so we can Talk about it here. It's indoors. You're going to tell me that they can, they can, they can. Uh, the the FAA has jurisdiction over aircraft flying indoors. Nope, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so.
2: Now, if, on the other hand, if one of those UAS had come down and it picked off a pass, uh, I think the NFL
0: would have gotten more involved. Well, oh yeah, okay. They had that flying camera thing that that it doesn't actually fly is on cables, right? Yeah, it's right, on it's wire. on wires. And apparently, uh, I read about that. That's a cool device, actually. They do all kinds of neat, um, um, you know, computer control on that to prevent it from ever getting down too low. Um Oh, and for, sometimes it gets down low, too. When it there, does, it, but there are limits to how low it's physically able to go. It has lockouts. Um, and uh, also to prevent it from getting near other structures, like it won't crash into the goalposts and things like that. Or being called for pass interference. Yeah, well, exactly. I think as an NFL rule, I think part of the deal is that that camera is never um, ahead of the ball. That camera is always behind the football. Um, I, think, I think that's a rule it all it seems that way to me anyways um, listeners explain that to me but I'm pretty sure that's the case anyways uh, that was and then one more thing it's sort of a follow-up not really a follow-up but as uh, much it might even have been a shout out but we'll talk about it here um, um, Boeing bought four flight this past week which uh, is a uh, um, you know we've talked about four flight a lot over the years and it's it, four flights four flight it's the Cadillac of of uh, I would call it the Cadillac of, uh, of uh, you know, aviation navigation and briefing and and flight tracking, you know, on board stuff, especially for GA pilots, although apparently it's some people were actually bemoaning this purchase. I, I saw some people online that were actually unhappy with this purchase because they thought that this meant that flight was now going to um, was going to pivot to be um, serve like commercial airline pilots more than. Regular GA people. Well, it,
2: you're right about its uh, status. I mean, it's the top electronic flight bag program, and it, right. And its only shortcoming is that it's uh, iOS only. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: yeah, and and that's maybe the only good thing that might come out of this acquisition is that ForeFlight will get ported to Android. Um. Well,
0: more. Yeah, I don't know.
1: You know. I don't know. I feel strongly both ways. Um, um, I like Floor Flight. I use it a lot. I, it's not perfect. It's still one of the leading EF, the leading EFB out there. Um, I'm not enamored of Jepson's IT, I and mean, by that I mean it's the its website, for example, uh-huh. and some of the customer services uh, that are available, or or. Some of the issues with using some of those customer services on their website um, if they if they just leave it alone and maybe carve out uh, uh, something to to uh, market to its its transport customers, that would be a great thing with the with the Android port. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm fearful of that over the long run, you know, it's going to fundamentally change. Right, right, I'm also fearful that there won't be anything of the same basic quality and feature level to replace it. Um, there's a lot of options out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've looked at several of them over the years, and uh, I keep coming back to ForeFlight.
0: Right, all right, now you mentioned jeppesen a moment ago because jeppesen was also bought by Boeing some time ago
1: yeah i mean it's, um, it's clear that there's a that there's uh going to be some synergy there
0: right yeah, the opportunity for synergy is pretty obvious here's my question not being a jeppesen um user um in just about any way, shape or form when jeppesen got bought by Boeing, and I seem to recall this is many years ago now um you mentioned the user interface and the and the sort of technology part of this whole thing. Um, did it, did it change when Boeing bought them, Jeppesen? You say you weren't wild about Jeppesen's. Did it change when Boeing bought them? I what haven't. Mean? I haven't
1: yeah. really been able to discern a change. I'd have to go back and research when it was that Boeing bought Jeppesen. I think it's been maybe ten years. Mm-hmm.
2: August of two thousand.
1: Okay, oh, okay, it's been. 18
2: it's been wow. 19 years. Yeah. Uh, okay.
1: August of 2000. Um well, I would I would venture to say that at that juncture in time, Jefferson probably had a very minimal yeah, uh, uh web presence. Um if one at all. I'm trying to recall how in that time frame I got my uh my database updates for the for the mm-hmm. 530 and I'm sure I got them by downloading them but i don't recall um if that was dial up if it was web if it was ftp if it was something else i'm sure that there was a front end in there somewhere all of that having been said i've never been impressed with with jefferson's front ends um, okay yeah just just a fact of life
0: When, um, let's see now. David, what was that date you just said? August of 2000?
2: August 22, 2000. Okay. The announcement came
0: about a week earlier. Because I'm just kind of, I'm looking here. According to, if I'm reading Wikipedia correctly, the dot-com bubble crash happened in March of 2000. Interesting that, that Boeing would have gone through with that purchase at that time when things were just going crazy, although Jeppesen wasn't perceived as being a, a dot-com company. I wouldn't, yeah. You know, yeah. So oh, I guess I'd, maybe it was unrelated. I was going to say,
2: in 2000, most pilots, uh, I would venture,
0: were still hauling around Jeppesen paper. Oh, yeah. Uh, occasionally you still see. Uh, you, I wander a lot of, uh, you know, airliner airports, and uh, occasionally you still see uh, somebody wearing bars on his shoulder who's carrying one of those big boxy, you know, flight bags. Well, a lot, a lot of pilots, cases. when their airlines went over to electronic flight
2: bags uh, and, and tablets or installed in the aircraft, uh, those bags became their overnight bags because it was big enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and a lot of them already had rollers.
0: That, that and their arms
2: started to shrink back.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, right. So you're telling me those, those boxy uh, uh, flight cases now contain underwear? Is that what you're telling me? Well, yeah, and if you think about it, if, if you've been a
2: pilot for years, that big chart case— Became a, a, a billboard for the places that you'd been with all the stickers these pilots would put on it, mm-hmm. and a lot of them weren't interested in giving up bragging rights, so they just dropped their overnight clothes bag and put the EFB in there next to the uh, uh, white uniform shirts and dark slacks. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah, because that's what that's what airline pilots wear when they're doing a a layover in uh, you know louisiana or something i don't know yeah
2: and it, you know they, they'd be kind of uh like s- some ladies i know with their purses digging around the bottom of it to find the small stuff that fell through like a ballpoint pen their cell phone yeah uh, their e6b uh <laughs> so. it's down there somewhere
0: <coughs> Excuse me. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm staying completely out of this. I think that was a good choice, Jim. That was a good choice. Anyways, yeah. Boeing bought four flight. Um. I. I don't see that it's an awful idea, but you know, it's uh, you know, it's we'll, a wait and see thing. I mean, it's yeah. a wait
1: and see thing. On one level, on another level, uh, all things change. And yep. uh, what what you know, we'll be talking about as the dominant EFB five years
0: from now, probably hasn't been invented yet. Uh. Well yeah because things change you're right well and i i
2: think boeing this is just another step in Boeing building its flight services unit you know it started with jeps uh four flights the latest edition but they they've they've done a lot of work since they made that one point five billion purchase of uh of Jeppesen. uh they've added some other services in uh and uh what it would be, the word no one here uh, features that have come from other companies and they just added to their jets inventory. Now they'll integrate that with Four Flight to some degree, I'm sure. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Um, So here's the arguably biggest aviation story of the week right now. Um, And uh, 737 MAX. um, is having some troubles. Boeing is speaking of which uh is uh, having some troubles here. Uh can can one of you guys catch me up on on what this story is all about? where did this come from? What what happened initially to uh so the the, the latest greatest is that as of yesterday afternoon, we're recording this what is it? It's Thursday morning. Today's pie day. It is pie day, isn't it? That's is yeah. right. Today's pie day. I'm going uh, out because pizzas are only $3.14. Today is Pi Day. Uh, last Friday, by the way, was Nap Day, uh, which is also a favorite of mine. Um, I think so it, I slept through that. Today is uh, it's Thursday, March 14th. Yesterday afternoon, um, the United States joined a whole bunch of other uh, countries and organizations around the world that have grounded all 737 MAX aircraft. Uh, I believe the MAX 8 is the one that's being grounded. MAX um, 8 and 9. And nine, okay. I know a lot of places have grounded the eight and nine. I don't know if the U.S. grounded both. I but think it did. Yeah. yeah. In any event, um, f- catch me up here, you guys. What, 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 what was the genesis of this whole problem? This whole issue. What happened, Dave? Well, it was the second
2: 737 Max eight crash in what four months. Yep. Uh and some of the indications that they've got out of uh, out of the two of them point to some similarities. But I don't think they've been completely through the flight data recorder on this latest one. Uh, they got the cockpit voice recorder Saturday. Uh, they've got the FDR on Sunday at the National Transportation Safety Board. And, right. And uh, they've been going through it. And uh, some disturbing similarities uh Arose in it and after the first crash which was what is that ethiopia
0: uh I'm not lion air was the first one. lion air was lion the first air. one ethiopia is a whole different issue i think right. uh, sorry yeah. um, uh, lion lion air but the uh give the, me a give me a quick summary of the to the extent we know the circumstances of the first crash and or the second crash what what happened Jed? Uh, uh,
1: the Lion Air 73, uh, 73 MAX 800 um, had this an airplane that had been in service for maybe five months. Um, it had a um, couple of squawks issued or, or pilots wrote up the uh, uh, angle of attack sensors as one of them was faulting and leading to um, excursions shall we say from the desired flight path Uh Um, and um, there had been an episode involving that particular airframe before the crash on a different flight different crew um, that was recovered and written up and the airline thought they had fixed it and dispatched the airplane and what happened is that that angle of attack sensor, this is, again, on the Lion airplane, um, was some kind of failure mode that convinced the automation to push the nose down. Right. Um,
0: and wasn't this on on it, it was on, takeoff climb out or approach? I can't remember.
1: This was on initial climb after okay. after takeoff. They were not that far from the airport. And I don't think that they had gotten to ten thousand feet. Okay. Um, as an example, um, so that happened, and Boeing, um, the uh, uh, I forget the which country that the Lion Air crash was. It might have been Indonesia, but. Uh, uh, the uh, the pertinent regulatory authority and the FAA got together and, and figured all this out and they put out a software update and I think they also put out um, some um, training recommendations that wink, wink, nod, nod might have gotten left out of the equation early on. Um, and uh, I think, not to defend Boeing, but I think From their mindset, they had identified at least what was initially thought to be the problem with the Lion Air crash and had implemented a fix. And I think the FAA had kind of thought that also. Mm -hmm. And then, wham, over the weekend, the the Ethiopian airplane crashes in admittedly very similar circumstances. Um, Shortly after departure, hadn't gotten very far, Um, but they had no real evidence that this was a similar um, similar accident to the Lion Air until yesterday.
0: Yep, and we, what happened yesterday?
1: There was some ADSB data that was released by a private firm, um, and that private firm had uh, supplied the same data to NTSB, Boeing, and and the uh, um, um, Ethiopian authorities um, that indicated that the flight profile was similar to what we know about the Lion Air crash. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Sure, And that's where we are.
0: Well, and I think, though, was it yesterday or the day before? Also what happened, correct me if I'm wrong about this, I think I'm correct. Um, some national news organization, I want to say it was Mother Jones, um, dug into the FAA, I believe it was the ASRS database, and discovered a handful of pilot reports describing very, very similar misbehaviors on the part of uh, 737 MAXs that did not result in crashes, but resulted in big scares. Yeah.
1: I I don't know what to make of that, and I'm not going to go do the research, but I I wonder if we did the same kind of search on other aircraft models that we might not find similar Uh, reports. All right, uh, and, per, and perhaps more of them. Um, there were, and I read through those this morning, uh, James Fallows on um, the Atlantic Magazine site had um, quoted, I think, verbatim, all of them that were pertinent to the 7-3 maxes. Uh, and, you know, yeah, there's a couple of head-scratchers in there. Um, some of that is simple and common, uh automation bewilderment uh i hesitate to say that the crew didn't know what the automation was telling them but they couldn't make sense of what it was telling them there was one report that there was uh on the ground there was a before flight there was a, a light that was in had an indicator light that had been illuminated it was called it was labeled maint m-a-i-n-t maintenance short for maintenance okay. yeah
0: and
1: the crew was like all right what does that mean? And start looking through the book, and they cannot find it. I yeah. did a apparently did a search, an electronic bag, electronic flight bag, for the, the letters M A I N T, and could only find two references to it in the entire ops manual, and none of them addressed the issue. Mechanic came on board after they called maintenance. Mechanic came on board, and said, "Oh, that's a system. That's a ground only system for for the for the mechanics." And the flight crew didn't know that. Now, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what that says or what that means. I, I don't know enough about the airplane or the operations uh, to to you know cast an opinion. But I'll bet you again, you'll find similar entries for other aircraft types mm-hmm. in that database.
0: Now, now isn't that part of this story though? That um, it's we keep finding incidences or in yeah incidences of um, the the automation on this aircraft is not documented completely, or at now, least not that, documented in places where the flight crews are able to see them, that, and they haven't been trained up on some of this behavior. Yes, it, no? That
1: apparently um, at least has been ha- or was a side issue. Um, some U.S., let me put it another way, some pilots for U.S., t- u.s flag u.s based carriers u.s certificated carriers were saying in the immediate aftermath of the lion air crash that they didn't know anything about the system that boeing was um talking about in the aftermath of that crash um highlighting that that um either um they hadn't been to school on the airplane yet, even though they probably were legal. They were legal to fly it, or B um, that information was omitted from their training. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, um, the, the type rating for seven three something or other is usable on the seven three maxes. I don't know how that works, but reading from some of those ASRS reports. You know, here's a crew that that has never been trained on the max, but is flying it on the line. Um, they're current; they're legal to fly seven threes, but they've never flown a max before. So, what does that tell you?
0: Um, I don't know. I, I, I I'm I'm very very ignorant about the whole thing, but it seems like a bad idea. Um, I, I, that's just well, it kind of does to
1: me too. But um, yeah, yeah. There's there's. Uh, I don't know the authorities under which they're doing all that, so I, I right, can't really right. uh, um, shed. Or I can't really uh, uh, judge. You know, it. And it, it,
0: it, yeah, it kind of begs the question. I mean, we we, and we talked about this in a very unrelated way in an unrelated situation before. At what point is a seven thirty seven not a seven thirty seven anymore? And I don't quite understand the differences. You know, we talked about the fuselage shape and length and whatnot. But oh, it's, 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 now it's, the it's, systems are becoming dramatically it's, it's It's Pratt and Whitney's fault. Is it really? Yeah. Okay.
2: Is it, Dave, um, Dave, isn't David? it? I missed the question. Sorry.
1: It, it's Pratt and Whitney's fault, all these problems with the 737 the new gen uh, 7.3s, isn't it? Well, the uh,
2: airplane's been, what, since the 60s uh-huh. been in production? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the 100, they, people used to call Fat Albert because it looked like a little cigar with engines on it. Uh-huh. uh obviously, the airplane's grown dramatically. The systems have grown dramatically. But best of my knowledge, the fuselage has only gotten longer, not bigger in diameter. Because they build the entire fuselage down here in Wichita at uh, Spirit Aerosystems. Right. And it's shipped by rail up there with the avionics already in the cockpit. Uh, They hang the engines, uh, the wings, do the interior up in Renton. And then send it off to the world. And they're doing about 51 a month mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that, stopping the, uh, grounding the MAX 8 is going to have a ripple effect back through their production. And, uh, because they don't have much parking space there now for them. They're putting right. an airplane and a half a day off the end of the assembly line and, uh, they kind of count on being able to fly those out to the customers in a timely manner. Uh, if this lasts very long, it's gonna it's gonna ripple back through Boeing's production, uh, yeah. or they're gonna have to find a way to uh, get a ferry permit and park them someplace else. Yeah. Uh,
1: the the it, Pratt the Pratt and Whitney thing. I was making a joke. Um, yeah. Um, the ori- thank you for pointing that yeah, out. <laughs> the original the original engines on the seven three uh, the JT eights. Same engines that were on the 727, but the 727, of course, had three of them. 737 only has two of them. You do the math. Um, But they're small diameter engines. They're not high bypass turbofan like we have today. And as the 737 grew, so did the diameter of the engines under the wing to the point that um, Boeing had to start doing some fancy things to make them fit. On the 73 maxes, the engines are even that much more large, uh, than lot, that much greater in diameter. So the pylon, the engine mounting pylons, had to be moved forward and up, which yeah. changes the thrust line
0: mm-hmm.
1: of the airplane and all kinds of aerodynamics, which is why the max uh, line is at least that much different from the, the previous generation seven threes yeah so
0: so these seven three seven maxes are 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 basically grounded all over the world now where does this go next how what, what do you how long do you think this will last i mean is this going to be it'll, it'll
1: last until we get a firm readout and a consensus fr- a firm readout from the ethiopian uh crash recorders and a consensus in the industry that um a, the two are similar or dissimilar uh-huh. B, the issues um, have been resolved, and C the airplane can return to service after the lion air crash Boeing there was an a d uh, Boeing changed a bunch of its uh, uh, materials and, and guidance and recommendations, et cetera. There's a service bulletin, I think, and, and all this all of that you know pertained to and in and, and training recommendations. Mm-hmm. All of that pertained to to um, what it had learned about the Lion Air crash. Um, did the Ethiopian carrier implement those changes? Did, were nope. those Were those pilots trained?
0: Okay, uh, and are, it, you're, it, uh, are, I'm asking. The implication I, here is you don't know. Yeah, I'm okay.
1: asking because I don't know. Okay, yep. um, that will be one of the things that's that's uh, looked at uh, as the investigation goes forward. Um, if they. Were trained, if they had been briefed, if uh, all of that, and according to the FDR and the CVR, that they tried to apply those remedies,
0: then we got a problem. Right. Right. Because this was more than just a technical problem. This was turning into a real public relations, uh, the, the flying oh, the public.
1: Oh, that's you know, a whole other topic.
0: Yeah, the airline flying yeah. public was really starting to get freaked out. I, I heard, read a story, and I don't know if this was actually actually implemented. So one of the more popular um, travel sites for, for booking, among other things, airline trips is called Kayak. And I actually use Kayak. Um, I read that Kayak was going to add to their filter the ability to select by aircraft type. Um, in addition to pr- the idea being that people m- were going to start choosing to, to decline flights that were on 737 MAXs, which I don't know if you can, how practical that, whether that actually works. Do you know that far in advance what equipment a particular flight is going to be on? If
1: you dive down deeply enough, um, you may. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes it'll just say 737. Sometimes um, it'll say, you know, 730-800 or something. Uh, helpful hint, the 737-800 is not the same as the 737 MAX 8. Mm-hmm. It's right. two different aircraft, and uh, their designation, their flight plan designations are different.
2: Right. So, anyways, well, we keep hearing about the uh, the similarities that have uh, been. Have given authority such a, a, a panic, uh, but I got to beat up a little bit on the uh, on the general media right now. Oh uh, yeah, sign me up. Go ahead. I I, I listen to some stuff now. This crash happens Sunday, uh-huh. correct? Uh-huh. And by Tuesday evening, there are already people that have armchair quarterback this thing into. Well, these were exactly the like. After all, they're the same kind of airplane, and. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they grounding them, and why aren't we waiting to find out what the facts are, uh, was what I kept shouting back at the TV set. But the one thing that jumped out at me that they were on the money about was when they were talking about the uh, the statements from the FAA's acting administrator. Uh, yeah, okay. How far, how far are we into this term? Yeah, to still have a freaking active uh, acting FAA well, administrator, and Dave, even worse, nobody nominated for the bloody Dave, job. Dave. Dave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave. Why is this in the hands of an acting?
0: Dave. Jeb, go ahead. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's unconscionable on 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 the government management side that we still have actings well, running so many of these agencies. And We've also the guy, the guy doesn't have all the authority to do everything the administrator should do because he's acting.
0: Right, right, and, and, and you know, yes, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. I but, mean, there was uh, there was, was it was a story. Wasn't there a story over the last few days that there was some sort of rumor floating around that Boeing was ready to push a, a patch to the uh, software, but that got delayed because of the government ex- shutdown.
1: Exactly the the, the FAA approval. Of some of the steps that Boeing has taken since the Lion Air crash, implementation was delayed because 35 of thirty-five go-
2: bloody days because yeah. of the government shutdown. It's yeah.
1: exactly so right. It's been it's report- being reported whole- anyway. So it's, yeah, there's, it's a big mess. Yeah. It's a
0: mess a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah. And, uh- um, we're going to be back on this podcast a week from now. Hopefully a week from now there will be a little bit of a development here and we can talk some more about it. So uh, unless you have something you wanted to close us out with, let's move on here. Yeah. Anything? Uh, don't second-guess the NTSB. Okay. Because you're saying yeah. the NTSB is trustworthy. We we like the NTSB. Yes.
1: Yeah. We're, we're saying that the NTSB is as trustworthy as we can expect in this day and age. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, but let me also let me just yeah, real quickly. Yep. Um, all of this is certainly news, but I think the the um, once we start learning more about the 767 that crashed outside of Houston a couple of weeks ago, that's going to make
0: news too. Right, and that's uh, yeah. There's a bunch. of... <laughs> we got we got a link here. Yeah. yeah we, well, and, and we're trying. We don't to have to whether, do that now, and
1: we may. Yeah, even, think we may not even have time to ta- talk about that. I just wanted to get that on the record.
0: No, I, I agree. <laughs> um, so there's two things on the list now. Um, I'm going to do a little, a little uh, in in public view, probably uh, list maintenance here. Um, the next thing on the list is a, 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 a somber, touching, heartbreaking um, um, message that we got from uh, uh, UCAP listener Sean M. Um, and uh, and the three of us sort of talked very very briefly offline whether we wanted to uh, touch on this subject on the podcast. And the decision was that we do. I'm going to though propose that we not do that today. I think we're on a different wavelength today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, uh, Sean M's touching question and, and and story and situation is is on our minds um, and in our hearts. I guess Sean, if you're listening, um, and uh, and we want to talk about it a little bit, but we're gonna postpone that to maybe next episode or or something like that and then uh jeb alluded to the uh at, you were alluding to the atlas air crash right that's the that's one that correct. you that's um that we've also been talking about offline and he is kind of fascinating um sadly also involved fatalities not as many but did involve some fatalities um and uh and 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 maybe a conspiracy maybe a uh now i'm <laughs> now no, 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 no. but there are some mysteries here um above and beyond the question of why this airplane crashed there are some mysteries and uh and and let's talk about that one next week for sure yeah. yeah david yep yeah um so uh because and part of the reason i'm doing this is because we're starting to reach the end of our allotted time we've got a few other things we want to talk about here um so uh jeb you posted on the list uh, about uh, the system worked um, ah. and, I, and I think this is worth calling attention to, because uh, it, it might encourage people to do what I think is the right thing. Uh, Jeb, what did you mean when you said the system worked?
1: Uh, well, this is a, a news story from the Miami Herald. Um, and um, the headline is, Planes Tracking Device Leads to Man on Raft in Ocean After His Plane Crashed. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, basically, the Coast Guard um, got a, a PLB signal. Um and um uh, launched a, a search and rescue mission um uh, to it and recovered a guy who had who had uh, ditched his airplane and my, I guess my only point was, hey, this system worked this is the way mm-hmm. it's supposed to be yep um um the the pilot Robert lillard uh, was found in a life raft near the where the plane went down and was not injured according to the coast guard shazam that's that's yeah. the outcome that I would want
0: yeah. Yeah, so uh, update your uh, your tracking devices. Uh, it's a good thing. And uh, it's, it's sorry, just slightly confuses me. Him? Why is that?
2: Yeah. Well, the, the Coast Guard said the plane had a PLB. Ah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm wondering if they meant a 406 uh, ELT. And then PLBs usually go with the person, not with the airplane. Right. Uh, ELTs are on the airplane, so. Whatever it was, it worked. I'm glad to hear it. But uh, for you guys still flying around with one twenty-one point
0: five ELTs, take a clue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at this story. The you know, would like to be this person, and it might not have worked out that well with the older style tracker. PLB um, ELT. They both have an L in them.
1: Oh okay. yeah. I think the reporter here is is confusing. Um, the the aircraft or airframe mounted ELT with a personal locator beacon, which is a portable uh, I, device, I, and, yes. I, and I think that both were active in this situation. Yeah, in this event. So, okay. Yeah.
2: All right.
0: But they both have an L in them. So. They both have an L in them, so that's so the same thing, right? Yeah. Let's talk about something else. They both uh, talked, they both talk to the same satellites. Okay, I need need two seconds of silence. Hi, this is Jack. We here at Uncontrolled Airspace are very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. There are two simple ways that you can contribute to this podcast. You can make a one-time, non-repeating donation by using PayPal. It doesn't need to be very much. As little as $10 or $15 is a big, big help. Or you can make an automatically repeating per-episode pledge with Patreon. With the online service Patreon.com, you can pledge as little as $1 per episode, put limits on your per-month contribution, and change or cancel your pledge at any time. For more information about how you can support this podcast in one of these ways, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. That will take you to a page with details on both these support methods. Thanks. And now I need to think of what it is I want to say next. What I want to say next... (laughs) I thought that's what the silence was for. Yeah, no. Uh, so, uh, sun and fun coming up. We got like we're going to do an episode next week, uh, a regular episode next week of, of this podcast, um, and then we kind of go into uh, sun and fun mode um, and uh, start traveling. Um, I'm going to travel. I'm traveling south pretty quickly after next week's episode, um, and uh, because I then I have the weirdest trip the we could talk about maybe we'll talk about it in the after show i don't know but um the, the long story short is i eventually going end up at sun and fun as is david and as is jeb and uh um, uh, UCAP's going to be at, at at Sun and Fun again uh, this year. We're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to we're going to enjoy the show, which I, quite frankly, is the main reason I go. I think probably David as well. But we're also going to do some podcasting, uh, like we've done in past years. We're going to do an episode on uh, Tuesday afternoon uh, from. Uh, uh, right after the it'll, it'll be timed to occur pretty much promptly after the daily air show ends on tuesday afternoon um and uh and we'll be talking for about an hour um this and then again on sunday morning around 11 i don't know if the exact time has been set yet it's usually is around ten thirty, eleven o'clock in the morning on uh, on sunday morning the closing day of sun and fun uh both those episodes are we are uh being hosted by our great friends at Sun and Fun Radio Dave Shalbetter, chairman it turns out there's a whole bunch of chairmen this year by the way i don't know if you guys have heard the news all right but uh uh, uh, uh finally decided that uh, he wants to kind of kick back a touch and uh and uh and so he's signed up a whole bunch of new helpers who are going to uh, be taking some of the weight off of dave um but uh Uh, They all, um, Dave and all of his uh, uh, volunteers there, are terrific hosts and great friends of ours. And uh, those two episodes that I mentioned just a second ago will be uh, done from the deck. We will be doing them live on the radio air of Sun and Fun Radio, as well as on the live internet stream of uh, Sun and Fun Radio. And uh, and then we'll also be recording it and packaging it up to go on to our podcast stream as well. So, looking forward to that. We'll do a bunch of dailies, like we always do, from uh, from Sun and Fun, and then just all in all, it's going to be a great week. Um, so, uh, cool beans. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to Sun and Fun. Sun and Fun's my favorite, and, uh, and uh, um, you know, we're going to get down there. If what I, do you guys think? If I Are lived you...
1: in New England, it'd be my favorite, too. <laughs> well,
0: no. You know what? Interestingly enough, Sun and Fun happens sufficiently late in the season, if you will, of spring, um, that... Almost every year, it's like, well, but now I don't want to, you know, if this had happened a month ago, I'd be chomping at the bit to go to Florida. But now it's like late March, and it's starting to be nice in New England. And uh, so uh, it, I go to Sun and Fun not for the weather. I go to Sun. I come down in January for the weather, for sure. Um, but in late March, I come down to sun, I come down to Florida for Sun and Fun. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Um, yeah? We need that to... Uh, update folks on uh, shell better's request yeah we do exactly and I was going to get to that David if okay. you want to kind of I uh, uh, kind of summarize what's going on with Dave's request because apparently they had some some problems and they need a little bit of help
2: well you know Florida in the springtime uh, is a li- little like Kansas in the springtime you could you're uh, a candidate to have some uh, uh, some of the weather uglies come through and uh, a few days ago the Sun and Fun radio station took a, a lightning hit, and it uh, fried some of the equipment that was attached to the antenna, and uh, so they need to raise some bucks quickly, because we're a little over two weeks out from this show opening, so they have a, uh, we'll have the link on the website, but uh, Shulbetter, Dave Shawbetter, the chairman, has offered uh, a uh, set of promotional pieces, a spinner prop, and uh, you can have it shipped to you. You can pick it up at Sun and Fun. Uh, it's 25 bucks. The money will go to replacing the uh, the damaged equipment at Sun and Fun Radio. And it would be much appreciated by not only Dave Schalbetter, but the other 60 volunteers that helped make the station run, myself included, because I, uh, I, I've been doing the uh, 9 to 11 interview interviews slot uh, on the deck at the radio station for the last few years. So the the link will be on the website. It'll take you to the online store. uh, Or you can just go to uh, sunandfunradio.ecwid.com, and that'll get you to a page that says Fun and Fun Radio Shop, and there's a link there that says, What can I buy to help you out? Sun and Fun Radio 25th Anniversary Spinner
0: Prop. Ship to me or pick up in person. 25 bucks either way yeah yeah it's a cool little collectible and uh more important than it being a cool little collectible is it will help um, um this organization that we've all enjoyed over the years and uh and, and this
2: it, is their 25th year
0: uh, yeah coincidentally not coincidentally um so it's going to be a big year for them but it's unfortunate for people who have never been down there just to kind of draw you a little bit of a word picture on um, sun and fun radio operates out of uh um, I guess it used to be a clubhouse of some sort, but it's, it's it was—it was first aid for years. Uh, was it first aid? Okay, so it's a—it's a building that's well, how, what would you say the dimensions of the building are, David? Maybe thirty by thirty ish. Like oh, that? T- not that. Twenty-five yeah, t- by twenty. Twenty-five by twenty um, building um, with a couple of rooms up the front, one of which is the uh, is the uh, control room. Um, And then the back room is this kind of big, uh, uh, sort of loungish kind of room these days. It's a work room, and it's a a place where we, um, you know, uh, coordinate things, and the various uh, volunteers kind of get their act together and whatnot. Um, And then a few years back, um, uh, uh, Shell Better and Company uh, built a really wonderful deck around three sides of this building so that, uh, there's a lot of, of exterior space as well. Um, and so, but this, so this building also literally, it's a radio station. It has, uh, uh, an antenna on a metal mast, uh, uh, attached to the side of the building. It doesn't stand way up into the sky, but it goes, you know, substantially above the roof of the building. Um, and it sounds like that's the thing that got struck by this lightning. I would imagine it's a very, attra- lightning wise, probably a very attractive thing. And, uh, and uh, and although I know for a fact that they have you know various protections on this equipment, um, apparently the protections were not sufficient for the the scope of the strike that happened. So uh, some things got damaged. Um,
2: yeah, well, we lost we lost uh, power at the station uh, back in what was it two two thousand ten mm-hmm. when yeah. the tornado came through, and the next morning all the exhibit buildings had a little sign outside that says wind-tested to 110 miles an hour.
0: I know, yeah. yeah. It's my most popular YouTube video ever was from the front door.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Yeah, this crazy podcast producer is wanting to stand out on the porch and video this.
0: It was exciting. It was like the wind was blowing and the rain was falling, and it was great. Um, And everyone heard me curse, which is like, I don't know. My my sisters heard that, and they said, Jack, you cursed on the radio. (laughs) I said, yep or on the, on the YouTube, and I did, anyways. Um, help out Sun and Fun Radio. They're good folks. Um, uh, listen to them on the internet. Um, listen to them on the radio if you're down there. Uh, help them out, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, help them out a lot of different ways, one of which is by going to this place and, and buying some of their stuff. Uh, anyways, Jeb, you're awful quiet. Are you going to make it to
1: Sun and Fun? I'm going to make it to Sun and Fun, absolutely.
0: You're going to be at Sun and Fun a little bit more than
1: usual. I'm hoping to, year. you know. we yeah. We, we, we. Let's wait till we get there, as as they say. Right. But uh,
0: Sun and Fun seems to always fall badly in it, your it, calendar. It, yeah,
1: it always does, and, and this year's no different. I'm trying to get a kind of a head start uh, mm-hmm. on some of the stuff that I have to do between now and the time that Sun and Fun closes down, so uh, that I can so that I can be there for you know right. more than a couple right. of hours.
0: Right, and I hear that Shelbetter has a has a cushy new trailer. He now, does. Apparently. Apparently, it, 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 like the other one wasn't cushy enough. I was going to
1: say, yeah, there's there's degrees of cushy.
0: Uh, yeah, because the other one was wonderful. I mean, the other one was, was great. And uh,
2: Yeah, apparently this one ups the cush level.
0: <laughs> well, that's not an episode title. I don't know what is here. Up the cush level. Um,
2: Up your own cush level.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, uh, Sun and Fun. I think we've got that covered. What else? Uh, I think it's time for shout-outs. That's what I think. I think it, it's could time for shout-outs. it could be. It could be. What do we got? you going to any shout-outs?
2: Yeah, I got a
0: short and sweet one
2: here. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, the uh, local newspaper in uh, Virginia, the Fuck we Now, uh, has a, uh, a s- story recently, and we'll have the link on the show notes, about one of my... Best, oldest, and smartest friends in aviation, Kenny Papard. Uh, Ken was an air traffic controller at FAA. He retired as a program manager. He was an executive assistant to the uh, to a board member at the National Transportation Safety Board. Uh, and they, uh, the the Warrenton Airport directors can't say enough good about his number one volunteer. That's Ken. Yeah, and uh, they credit him with twelve hundred hours of volunteer service. At the uh, airport near Midland, Virginia, since he started volunteering in August of uh, 2016. Uh, Kenny is one of the most human of human beings I've ever known. Yeah. Uh, just a wonderful guy. Uh, I know his wife, Phyllis. I've stayed with him. Uh he was part of the team that wrote Part 103 for the ultralight uh, rule back mm-hmm. in the early 80s. Yep. So my hat's off. This is a shout-out to Ken for his work as a volunteer at uh, at Warrenton Fockeweir Airport. Great little airport if you've never flown in there. Uh, really busy little place, some good warbirds and other stuff there. And uh, c- congrats, Kenny, on the recognition. You've, you've, you definitely deserve it. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. nice time.
0: picture of him there. Yeah, nice it's picture
1: great there. picture. I, I know Kenny also and, and feel about him the same way Dave does. Um, and uh, I, I've actually been at that counter before. And uh, Have you? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been in that yeah. airport a lot over yeah. the years. Um, I don't know him
0: nearly as well as you guys do, but I've met him a few times um, at Oshkosh and Sun and Fun and whatnot, and uh, a very, very pleasant, personable, yep. friendly guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, um,
2: K- Cannon is and a partner in a 172 uh uh, they used to throw a labor day party at uh, at their hangar at Warrensburg. Mm-hmm. Now Jim Davis, his partner is another FAA retiree. He was on the security desk the day that John Kennedy was shot. Uh and uh they just threw a you know just just a massively fun party but uh age and competition and they finally had to give it up. But it it, it was something that Annie and I used to fly back from Wichita uh it was one of the reasons why we would come back to DC on uh, on Labor Day weekend, so we could go to Kenny and Jim's party.
0: Uh, now, see, that's really interesting because I remember we used we talked about that party way back in the early days of the podcast. All right, um, and I only just now made the connection that that uh-huh. was Kenny Papard. all right? I remember talking about the party, about these two cool guys used to hold a party, uh, and uh, we talked about it probably a couple of years in a row, and that was Kenny Papard. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And, and very
1: I echo cool. everything Dave just said, especially about yeah. the, about the yeah. party. So.
0: Now, before we move on, I just need to be very clear here, all right? It's F-A-U-Q-U-I-E-R. Fuck we No,
1: it's not. It's, it's fuck here.
0: Fockier. you, Okay? Because when David started this score- story just a minute ago, he scared the crap out of me. That's what he did, right? you, Queer. But Jack. Fockier. Yeah? Jack. Yeah?
1: You control the horizontal and the vertical, so so why were you scared?
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But uh, anyways, more shout-outs. Jeb, you got anything?
1: Yes. Um, I recently had an issue with one of my headsets. Uh, and it's not a newish headset, and uh, uh, the company that that's manufactured it is no longer doing service on it. So, um, a little bit of googling—excuse <clears throat> me—a little bit of googling found me uh, KC Headsets out of out of Missouri. Uh, www.kcheadsets.com, and uh, for uh, uh, way less than it would have cost me to replace the headset. Uh, I have a brand new functioning headset, repaired, cleaned up, uh, all this kind of stuff done, and uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative to Terry Garber at KC Headsets for taking care of all that for me. So, mm-hmm. just throw that out there.
0: Very cool. Yeah.
2: You nice. know, hubcaps are one of those things that are going to be like
0: payphones someday. Uh-huh. People are going to go hub what? Uh-huh oh okay i see i get it now i get it now uh jeb how's amy i know you guys uh, you hung out with amy for a little bit
1: yeah we did some flying um when did we go fly we went flying saturday actually Uh um she flogged me mercilessly um under the hood as as is only right as is only right yeah um and um had a good time bought her lunch and
0: uh Um, So were you aware of the fact that I was the one who called her during your lunch? Yes. I was sitting right there, yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I happened to call Amy. Before before she
1: said anything to you, she said to me, it's Jack.
0: Yeah. So I called her. I called her, and she said to me, She said, Oh, I'm sitting here, and I'm trying to order the most expensive thing on the menu because Jeb just told me he's buying lunch. (laughs) That's exactly Uh, what she said. Yeah. And I told her, and I don't know if she repeated this part to you, as we were hanging up the phone call, I said, I said, You you need to tell Jeb that Jack said to buy the most expensive fish and chips on the menu. (laughs) That
1: didn't come across. That part didn't come across. She didn't. She yeah. might not be clued in on on, on,
2: on that. Kind <laughs> well, of a- thing. Amy, uh, if if you're hearing this, uh, uh, a chip of my hat to you because you performed like a true journalist. <laughs>
0: that's right, that's right. So, anyways, uh, hopefully, we're going to get Amy on the show uh, on that first episode at uh, Sun and Fun. She's apparently only going to be at Sun and Fun for a very, very brief period of time this year. Um, so, we're going to try and get her uh, on that uh, that Tuesday night. So. Uh, so that's a teaser for people who are Amy fans, which is just about everybody who listens, it seems, rightly so. Uh, other shout-outs? Anything? You guys anything? Or this, we well, there, perform- there is this one
1: other thing. What's uh, that?
0: Let me open this real quick. Okay.
1: Um, this is on the AOPA website. Um, what is supposedly the last unrestored um, P51, P51D Mustang. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is, is, is up for sale. Uh, apparently it's going to trade in, in April, I believe, is, is what, uh, uh, what I came away from this with. But uh, um, it's been sitting in a warehouse, a hangar in Texas, uh, for decades. Uh, it is complete. It is unrestored. It is original. Um, and it is going to be on the market. Uh, and it's going to go for all the money.
0: Uh, Oh, yeah, I would imagine if it's if it's in, you know, if it's in natural conditions. Yeah,
1: this this is uh, it's it's serial number. starts with 44, which means it was manufactured in 1944. And Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to read the whole story, but it may or may not have seen more service. Um, But uh, anyway, um, let me see. This is uh, Wilson Connie Connell, uh, nicknamed Connie Edwards. uh, And he wants four point five million for it.
0: So, yeah. Okay, that's a lot.
1: Well, you know, we're going to have not to out of the realm of We're going to have to spike the Patreon thing a little bit uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: if we want to bid on this. But yeah. well, it, it, it's not just the airplane that the guy's selling. He's got no fewer than twenty Rolls Royce Merlin engines, yep. along with more truckloads of spare parts. So that four point five million, you get the airplane. Uh, you get the extra rolls engines and uh rolls merlin engines are rare enough that you could probably make your money back just selling a, a half a dozen of them yeah you,
1: could, you you could sell them you know uh here's a nut that's five thousand dollars you know uh, um, here, here's a here's a a valve stem here's you know that's ten thousand
0: jeb you drifted off in the past i'm sorry i lean back
1: i was gonna say you know here's a valve stem that's ten thousand dollars um you could part these things out
0: and oh yeah never never have to worry about a thing ever again right but don't do that but don't do that no no, don't do that keep it a flying piece of you know airplane and uh, yeah
2: and and this is a this is a veteran warbird because in the uh late 60s it was shipped to guatemala Where it and others like it created the Guatemalan Air Force's first combat capability, which accounts for the uh, camo paint job that's in the picture. Because when I first saw that, I thought, sure, that that was a a, a Messerschmitt, because the Germans painted them a lot like that. But no, it spent time as a uh, uh, Guatemalan Air Force fighter. (laughs) Sorry, nothing against Guatemala. I may live there one day.
1: Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Really? Okay. Well, I mean, that might be an after show thing, too. Um, all right. Cool. Anything else? F- fork time, I think. It's time fork to time. stick a fork in this one. Uh, thank you, guys. <laughs> you really are. Oh, never mind. I'm done kissing. What? Up. I'm done kissing. Say up. it. I, I started the episode kissing up. I'm not doing it anymore. That's it. Um, it it's, Yeah jeb burnside thank you jeb uh it's always a blast uh jeb is a freelance aviation writer and editor serving as the editor in chief of aviation safety magazine jeb what have you been up to
1: um i have been up to um basking in the glow of having finished the the april issue recently um got a couple of good things in there i'm looking forward to uh to stepping into the may issue uh starting next week um but um other than that, I just did a real quick piece for uh, uh, Avionics News at the Aircraft Electronics Association uh, (AEA.net) and I'll be uh, uh, getting on a human mailing tube uh, later this month to go out to their annual meeting in Palm Springs, California.
0: Palm Springs, tough, tough gig, but somebody. Yeah, knows.
1: you know, it's it's really hard. I've 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 been working out a little bit and and trying to, you know, increase my stamina a little bit to, to take on this project. But, uh, yeah. um, you know, sacrifices must be made.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: yep. so, uh So looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys at Sun and Fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and um, just, Working. you know, just trying to get through spring.
0: So get through spring. <laughs> I'm trying to get <laughs> into spring. Uh, where can people find out about you and all this stuff on the Internet?
1: Well, <laughs> com. Uh, the aforementioned AEA.net. Uh, you can find me at uh, generalaviationnews.com, avweb.com, um, AIN Online. You can find me on the Twitter machine at uh, Burnside J. Very
0: cool, very cool. And Dave Higdon, Dave's an aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's Buyer magazine. What have you been working on, David? Well, uh, kind of like Jeb, how uh, you i got a little piece in
2: the uh, March avionics news. Uh, The headline is Decisions, Decisions. And uh, the article talks about the options for selecting a position source for your ADS-B-OUT system. Uh, Because there's a lot of options out there. Uh, Many of them are basically blind GPS engines that feed data to the ADS-B-OUT. They have no navigation capability. Uh, then there's uh, WASP GPS navigators that let you do things like LPV approaches and go cross country direct, and uh, dramatically different price points and dramatically different uh, uh, utility levels. But either way, they, there's a solution there that will help you get your ADSB system up and running.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Where can people find out about this and all these things you're doing on the Internet? Well, the uh, avionics news is
2: AEA.net. Uh, my avbuyer work, that's uh, at avbuyer.com. And uh, let's see, what, what did I have this month? Oh, yeah. Well, my latest column for uh, uh, avbuyer is my weekly blog. Uh, talks about uh, Canada is going to start reducing the number of uh, activated nav aids ground based nav aids beginning in April and uh, like the FAA here uh, they're going to be taking advantage of the capabilities of ADS-B surveillance to shut down ground stations and save money and nudge everybody uh, off the ground stations to uh, navigating by GPS cool very cool um, on Twitter. Oh, Real Higdon on Twitter, and I
0: don't do Facebook, so don't look for me there. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, and I'm Jack Hodgson, I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. Uh, I just got back from another day job trip, I was, in, I was back in Orlando, and then went to uh, Las Vegas, where I was in Las Vegas for a week. Um, I was in Las Vegas the week after it had snowed. Um, in twice in a week in las vegas and so um you know i i have a lot of experience with my florida friends complaining about the cold but you haven't seen it until you've seen las vegas people complaining about the cold <laughs> holy moly they don't they don't suffer suffer 40 degrees very well um but uh yeah it was uh, it was it rained a couple times the weather's weird all over
2: and uh, yeah. Yeah, usually when you're in vegas and somebody complains about cold they're talking about their cards
0: yeah <laughs> right yeah so uh yeah so i was in las vegas for a little while and uh and now i've been i'm home for a week and a half or so before i uh leave on my uh crazy weird ship to uh to uh ultimately to sun and fun and uh but uh yeah just keeping busy and and, and waiting for spring to arrive and uh, it's, it's jeb's waiting for it to be over and i'm waiting for it to start <laughs>
1: it's all about the the, the yeah. temperature of the swimming pool water
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I know it is. Yeah, I know exactly it is. You you pay a lot of attention to swimming pool temperature. When at least the times I've been visiting, Um, you've got me paying attention to the lake level water at the same. You know, uh, in a similar kind of way, but. uh, Let's see now. Uh, you can find me on uh, online uh, most places by using the username Jack Hodgson. That's my first and last name bumped together there. Uh, for example, YouTube.com slash JackHodgson, Twitter.com slash JackHodgson, Patreon.com slash JackHodgson. On, on Amazon, you can search for our Around the Field books in the book session. Se- whew, easy for me to say. Have you
1: done this before?
0: You'd think, huh? Uh, on Amazon, search for Around the Field in the book session section. And all right, I give up. Uh, you can sign up for my email You should just paste this in later. At jackhodgson.com. Oh, man. David, uh, help, help. Was there something you were going to say?
2: Yeah, if you want to live long and get daughtery like Jack, fly more because, you know, time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye.
0: And that's enough talking. Let's go flying.
1: Tune in next week for our next episode of Groundings <laughs> with Jeff Burnside, Jack Hodgson, and Dave Higgett.